Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here with Tom DeAngelis, a friend from the St. Patrick's Fund, and uh, does some collaboration with Stewardship Mission of Faith as well. Tom, great to, to have you here. Good to be here, Rob. Thanks. All right. So we're uh, here with Reflections from the Heart. So for those of you who are new to this, it's a gospel reflection. So we'll look at the gospel for the coming Sunday at Mass, and I uh, will read that, pray through it, ask the Holy Spirit to, to enlighten us. And for those of you who are, are new, a lot of times a word will jump out at you when you, when you hear the gospel read, and that's most likely the Holy Spirit giving you a little, you know, it's not knocking on your door. Uh, so just pay attention to those promptings, and uh, we'll we'll just share. Tom and I will share from our hearts here what the Lord might be saying, and some challenges we might be experiencing, or some joys, whatever. You know, this is a gospel reflection. It's not a not a Bible study. So we'll we'll let the Holy Spirit lead. Uh, the gospel this coming Sunday is from Matthew. So if you have a chance to uh, go online or to to get a Bible the good old fashioned way, uh, it's Matthew two. 1 to 12, Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. And before we, before we read the gospel, let's, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of this new year. Help us to, to meet you with a, you know, just with, with a, a newness, a wonder and awe in our, in our minds, in our hearts, just for, uh, just for great expectation that you, will, uh, that you will show up big time in our lives through the beauty that we experience through the goodness in our lives, through the goodness that we encounter through others, and through the truth. So thank you, Lord, for, for wanting to be in relationship with us and help us to, to seek you in all things. As we open up the word, Lord, please speak to our hearts. Please bless every single person listening. Bless them and their families. Draw us closer to you as we pray uh, all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit amen. amen. All right, Tom, can you read the gospel for us? I got it. Okay, again, it's Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, Bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them 
until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for the country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. All right, so uh, happy Epiphany. Uh, this coming Sunday is Epiphany of the, this. We celebrate the Epiphany of the Lord. These wise men, these magi, these these travelers from the, from the east. You know, the prayer is that they had their Epiphany, and, and I just I just underlined prostrated and you know did him homage. It sounds like sounds like they they may have had their moment there. You know, prostrating. You know, Going, going face face first, um, that's a that's a beautiful sign. So it's a it's a great celebration for us, you know, because these, these guys weren't Jews, right? So this is this is that invitation that God intended for for all of His children to receive the gift of Jesus. Yeah, they they you may even call them the first Christians if you think about it. I mean, first ones to actually. Uh, um, find the child and, uh, and, you know, prostrate themselves before him, um, not necessarily worshiping him as a divinity, although I have read that the gold uh, represented the kingship of, of Jesus, the frankincense, his divinity, because incense used to be burnt to not just the God, the one true God, but also to other gods and other, you know, and other, um, other religions at the time. And then myrrh was used for embalming, and so that was uh, for his uh, for his death. I I don't know if that was a traditional or typical type of gift that you would give to a king, but uh, it seems appropriate anyway. Um, the other thing that I, that I think is really interesting about this story, and I've read it many times, and, and did, you know have heard over the years, you know, stories about um, and have read about King Herod and what a ruthless. Man, he was. You know, he killed. He killed his wife. He killed. I think he killed his sister and two brothers. Um, I think he actually ended up killing his son after this, all because he was afraid that they might be challenges to his throne. So, and I, I remember reading a commentary on this, and it says when King Herod heard this, he heard about this new king. I mean, uh, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. It was kind of like, you know, that, that old saying about, you know, when, when mama's not happy, nobody's happy. When <laughs> yeah, Herod's not happy, yeah. nobody happy in Jerusalem. So they were probably worried that this guy was going to go off on some kind of a, which we know from the scriptures that later on he did, in fact, you know, go and kill the innocents in, uh, in, in and around Bethlehem. But very interesting that... Um, that he then says, because you see the kind of the duplicity here, is that when you found him, you know, send word back so that I can go and offer him homage too, right? Yeah, that's, you know. Uh, and then the, the last point the point I was thinking of when, when we were reading through this is there's a, there's a great James Taylor song, Little Known. It was on one of his albums. Uh, and it, it's exactly about this experience uh, that the wise men had at, at the end of their visit with Jesus they were told in a dream to go back another way, and it's it's basically um, the name of the song is "Home by Another Way," mm-hmm. and it's really it's it's a good song if you get a chance to look it up on on YouTube or, or you know some other 
uh, audio program online. Uh, it's a good song, but it talks about that experience of being warned that something's not going to work out, and you really need to get home. You know, you really need to get back to home, where it's safe, where things are right. But you don't want to go the way you came. You want to go back a different way because it's uh, because there's something there's something not good waiting for you if you go back the other way. You know, wow. and who knows? I mean, when Herod found out where the you know where Jesus was, he might have killed them too. You know? Yeah, just just because he didn't want anybody else to know about it, you know. So and and it's just uh, you know warned in a dream. So last week, yeah, right, we talked about Joseph. Uh, right, God yep. spoke to him in in a dream. Um, now the, these guys. So I think we we touched on this a couple times in the show. You know, we spend so much time sleeping. Mm-hmm. Right, I know in, in Advent, you know, we're, we're exhorted to stay awake spiritually um, but if you just think of our physical the time that we spend you know a third of our life is is sleeping yeah, for some of us yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. and and uh and one of our our guests that's been with us on on different occasions uh he really he's intentional about surrendering his sleep and and asking god to speak to him in his sleep and hmm. in his dreams um so just two Sundays in a row, we're just seeing the power that, that God has and how he, how he uses our, the sleep with Joseph and speaking to him in the dream and as well as, as the wise men. It's, uh, it's awesome. Mm. Uh, and when I think of Epiphany of the Lord, it's just you know, new, new beginnings. You know, just, like, just seeing my prayer for this new year is just to see, to see God and, and meet him in a different way. Right, I think sometimes just like with anything, with with physical or physical health or nutritional health, we can get into into habits or ruts and just kind of mm-hmm. do things over and over and over and over out of habit. Um, even if it's simple as you know, through God's grace, I'm able to go to daily mass. Like going through a different door, sit in a different seat. You know, make it my intention because there's some people that I see all the time that I don't know their name, and I see them all the time at daily mass and we say hi or whatever, you know, just whatever pleasantries, but like, I don't know their name. So even if it's just in, engaging in the things that I normally do, because you know, I don't think God wants me to stop going to daily mass, but you know, maybe study this scripture before going to mass. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, in this new year, you know, can I, is God asking me to do things differently so then I can have an epiphany, an aha moment of his love and his grace and his mercy uh, through, you know, just through the, the, the you know, the everyday, but yeah. just doing that every day differently. You, you always give a little bit of an intro, or, or David does, David Abel when he's here hosting, um, at the beginning about, you know, what gospel reflection is, and it really, it is a reflection, it's not really a scripture study, although study of scripture can lead to, you know, some deep reflection and some contemplation, but... I do think it's important that you know that we spend some time with the scriptures and reflect on them, not necessarily studying about them, but studying them and what's being said. Because to your point, Rob, I do think the scriptures open up over time to us, and they have different significance at one time in our life versus another time in our life. And the other thing that I've found is that over the years, they kind of like layer... Uh, you know, the things that you know about a particular passage, like this story has a lot of detail and fact in it and stuff. Sometimes it's reflection on a parable, for example, or it's it's uh, 
rethinking the parable, say, of the prodigal son or something like that. But, but I, the, one of the things I think is very helpful, you know, and people, if they know that I'm on the radio and they recognize my voice, sometimes they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, I heard you on the radio. And then the very next question that usually you get is, do you guys script that thing? You know, do you like have parts that you've agreed or at least like general ideas of what you're going to say? And I always say, no, not really. But one of the reasons why I enjoy this so much, I participate in it outside other than, you know, just the the radio uh, broadcast that we do is to your point, Rob, that God opens those things up. It's It's almost like there's an epiphany every time you go to the scriptures, you can reflect on it, how it relates to your life, how it relates to the people around you, how it relates to a situation at work, how it relates to a situation in your family. And those things are always opening up. They're always like flashes of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Participating in this with other people, I think, has been very um, special and very helpful for me in, in deepening my my understanding of the scripture and how it applies to my life and the lives of other people. But the other thing that I find very helpful is um, to to keep a journal sometimes on things that you're that you're reading or writing, and it doesn't have to be like you know, like you don't have to write ten pages on this. You know, you can just jot two sentences down of things that you think about it. But the discipline of sitting down after you read some scripture, or bringing a little notebook with you when you go to go to church uh, to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament, or even you know to to mass, you know. To, Matthew Kelly recommends that you bring a notebook and you know listen to the scriptures and then jot something down that you learn from it. But I do think that putting yourself in that discipline, that regular repetition of reflecting and reflecting and reflecting on the scriptures. And again, you don't have to know the details, the facts, you don't have to be a scripture scholar, but just what's the Lord saying to you in the scripture? What's he opening up? And I think that's the you know, that's the foundation for me of a of a relationship with God. If you don't have that how do you grow in your in your friendship? You know, if you're not communicating that way, if you're not listening, especially, and I think that's the other thing, is those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like sometimes I'll get a thought about something in the Scripture, and I just know from the bottom of my heart that it's not my smarts. It had to come from somebody or something outside of me, some place outside of me, I should say. And likely it's you know it's it's a gift of the Holy Spirit because those things are uplifting. They're things that make me a better parent, a better father, a better grandfather, a, a better you know person at work, a better person in my relationships with other people. So I think I think that's really one of the the gifts of of participating in a gospel reflection, not just listening to it, but also you know getting engaged in it and. And allowing those things that the Holy Spirit shares with you to become a gift, not only to you, that that influences your life and deepens your relationship, but for other people. And I think that's the that's the greatest gift. Mm. Yeah. I'd like to share this with you, Tom, and everybody listening. It's it's the first reading that we'll hear at Mass, and it's from Isaiah. Um, and I'm just thinking about one of the ministries we have here at Stewardship. It's called Spirit Power, and we have a Christmas CD through that and one of the original there's you know, some there's the classics but then one of the originals on there is called rise up and uh, mm. it's the first two words of the first reading that we'll hear this sunday um, so here we go rise up in splendor jerusalem your light has come the glory of the lord shines upon you see darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples but upon you the lord shines and over you appears his glory nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance. 
Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Epheth, all from Sheba, shall come, bringing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. And in that song, Rise Up and Follow, it's, you know, rise up and follow, follow the light. Rise up and follow, follow the light. So Jesus is that light that pierces the darkness. And we follow that light. And he wants us to be that light, that we follow him. He, you know, by nature of our baptism, we are Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he came to show us the Father. Who did Jesus pray to? Who did he spend his time with? You know, who did he have that intimate relationship with? It was, it was his Father. And we're invited into that. And, Jesus, and God will see us, you know, he'll see Jesus in us. So, you know, we follow the light. We spend time with the Father. We become the light in the world, right? We have to be Jesus in the world. Um, and it's just such beautiful, such beautiful language that Isaiah uses. Um, so let's, uh, let's follow the light. Let's, let's follow the light. Ask Jesus to help us to be the light, uh, help us to be generous, right? Like, like these, these wise men, so generous, generous with their time. Imagine how much time this took, Tom, <laughs> yeah. not only to, yeah. to, to make the expedition, but the plan for it. And right. Right. So just generous with our time, generous with, you know, whatever resources we had. Our, our guests last week, Tom, you weren't, you weren't here with us last week, but we had a mother daughter combination. Mm. And uh, I asked them, cause we're, you know, the, the story was about Joseph and being called to Egypt. And we mm-hmm. were just talking about family. And I asked the two of them, you know, what's it like being here with your mother to the daughter? And what's it like being here with your daughter to the mom? And, uh, it was just some, some beautiful sharing. And the, and the mom shared about her daughter that at an early age, the one aunt just noticed something special about her, that she mm. was just so generous that even if she didn't have anything extra to give, she would just take from what she had and just give it away. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's beautiful, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe God's calling us to a new generosity. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a ministry, you know, being generous right. is a ministry. And because there's so many good things going on mm-hmm. that people are called to active full-time ministry. Some people are called to the ministry of generosity. And when, and when you put those two together, right. people call it to active full-time ministry and people called to the ministry of generosity. Those two come together, man, mm. you can do some amazing things for, for the kingdom. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting too, when you were reading that passage from Isaiah, a large chunk of the beginning of that is actually t- the text for the first part of Handel's Messiah. Most people know uh, Handel's Messiah for the Hallelujah Chorus, which is, there's actually two parts of that of that piece of music. The first part is about the prophecy and then the birth of Christ, and then there's a short kind of interlude, and then it gets into the the life of Christ, and then you know, his suffering, his, you know, and again, uh, the suffering servant um, passages from Isaiah, are a lot of them are quoted. There's several parts from other parts of the Old Testament and New Testament. But then this part that we're most familiar with, with the Hallelujah Chorus, is, is actually the second part. It's the life, death, and, and resurrection. The Hallelujah Chorus is, is the part that proclaims the resurrection that we're mostly familiar with. But the whole first part of what you read out of Isaiah 
is te- the text for some beautiful, beautiful music in Handel's Messiah. And every time I hear it in church, and then I hear it, I heard it just now when you read it, uh, the music comes back. I've been listening to it. I think I first got exposed to it back in college, which is uh, many, many years ago. And I try to listen to it at least once through every year. Uh, sometimes I really get caught up in some pieces and play them over and over again. But uh, it really, if you're looking for a way, uh, a different way to deepen your understanding and your faith, um, that is a beautiful piece of music to listen to, especially the first part. It's probably about, I would say, 45 minutes to an hour, the, just the first part, which is all, which is all text and music around the, the, uh, the uh, prophecy, you know, the, and the birth of Christ and, uh, and the, the early years. So it's really a beautiful way to reflect. In addition to the scripture, which we're, you know, which we're doing here, that's another way to listen to the words and then also listen to the music. And it's uh, amazing over the years because I know um, there are parts of it where, you know, the rough places plain and the mm. mountains into the valleys, you know, where the music actually reflects, like when they, when they're, you know, when the the tenor or whomever is singing about the rough places, the music goes up and down, like it's kind of like you're riding in a in a carriage and it's going up and you know, mm-hmm. bump a bump a bump, and then the rough places plain, and then that plain word mm-hmm. just plays out like one solid plain note, you know, with again some marvelous performers with some great voices, mm-hmm. but you start to pick that that stuff up too in the music. But the words are really, you know, the, the story that prompts you and primes you for um, for Christmas Day, for the coming of the Lord. It's really um, – so that – it also makes that that uh, reading that you have, you know, when you've heard it over and over again, the music, it makes that reading come to life when you hear it. It's, it almost like becomes musical for you, you know. It's not just a reading anymore. Now it's like it's got emotion behind it. It's got some passion behind it, you know. Got some like I've heard that before. It's powerful, you know. So now, Tom, do you believe that God wants to talk to you? you sure. Believe? Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, in our gospel reflection, one of the participants said the the question that John sent his disciples to ask Jesus: Are oh, you yeah. are you the Christ, or, or right. should we look for another? Um, that question turned into a really interesting conversation about we were talking about like how do we how do we express faith with our loved ones or people that are close that, you know, question us or, or don't seem interested or they might just start, they might just be starting to dabble into exploring faith. Just ask, you know, they, John sent his disciples to Jesus and then they asked Jesus that question. Mm-hmm. And the one woman said, why don't we do that? You know, if we're having any, if we're questioning anything or if we're getting lukewarm or whatever, Ask Jesus, are you, are you the one? Yeah. Or should I be yeah. serving another? And I, I always thought that passage was interesting because if, if from, from our understanding of the scriptures, I mean, Jesus and John knew each other and were familiar with each other's ministries before. Now John's now play, basically played out his whole ministry and is in prison. And he knows exactly who Jesus is. So he's not sending that you know, those, those people out because, um, I'm just, I'm sitting here in prison and I'm having second thoughts. You know, he, he sent them out for exactly what you said, Rob. If you want to know what's, what's really going on, if you want to know who to go to after me, go and ask this person. So it wasn't that Jesus, 
you know, that, or that John didn't know who Jesus was or started to have his doubts. It was he was doing it for the disciples, the disciples that he sent. It's like, I may not be here. I probably am not going to be here in a short period of time. But you need to you need to connect with this guy. You know, he's the next guy. You know, he's the guy you need to talk it's, to. It's, a, it's the ultimate. I must decrease. So yeah, you can increase. exactly right. Yeah. yeah, which is which is what he said right before he was was captured by Herod. You know, so that's a that's a that's a great story and a, and a, you know a great relationship between the forerunner and the you know the prophet and the mm. and the Messiah. But uh, again, foretold in Isaiah, just exactly what you know. What was written came to pass. Yeah. The the uh, the interesting thing is, you know, what what is our call? Like, you know, so the Christ has come, Jesus is the Messiah, uh, but then you look at the world, or at least you look at what you know who who controls the stories that are are shown to the world, and sometimes it doesn't look too yeah. sometimes it doesn't look too friendly out there. Like, you know, did the Messiah really come? If he's the Prince of Peace, and you know, is is he really here? And, you know, the, the thought that came into my mind was, yes, he came, but yes, he needs me to be his arms, his legs, his feet, his voice, his love, his mercy in this craziness. Right. Because if we're, if we don't, if we don't participate in that, then it's not going to get any better. Right. Like that song, you know, where the guy singing the God about all the craziness going on and homelessness and hunger and everything. And he's like wagging his finger, God, why don't you do something? And in the song it says, I did, I created you. Yeah. Right? right. So as these wise men have their epiphany, right? They 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 put themselves out, they inconvenience themselves, they make the trip, they give the gifts, they show the generosity, they bow down, they prostrate themselves. Are we ready to 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 do something? Right? Like God is calling us, right? He wants us, like the song we talked about earlier, to rise up, rise up, that you know. It's you know not just to stand and hold, but to stand, hold, and take back ground in all aspects. You know where there's not where there's not love, stand, hold, and take back ground for love. Where there's no mercy, stand, hold, and take back ground for mercy. Where there isn't kindness, stand, hold, and take back ground for kindness. Not for us, but for for God's glory. That when when love and mercy and kindness abound, then people are have those seeds planted in their hearts mm-hmm. that they get to experience without even mentioning His name. They get to experience God through our actions. Right. So, as we wrap this up on uh, the, you know, a couple days before Epiphany Sunday, um, our prayer to everybody is, uh, and to us, you know, can we all experience that wonder and awe, wonder and awe of the child of how amazing God is and how amazingly He loves us. So, we'll pray for you, you pray for us, and we'll see you next time. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.